Hello and welcome back to the Ohio High School Hoops Around the State podcast. I am your host, Kurt Stubbs. Um, it has been quite a while. Our last episode dropped um, to end the summer season on August 9th. Uh, we were able to chat it up with Cincinnati Molar boss Carl Kramer. Uh, the summer was a blast getting to catch up with some of the all-time great coaches in the state of Ohio and just take a trip down memory lane. Really enjoyed that. Hope you guys did as well. Uh, definitely something uh, I would like to do again this coming summer, God willing. Um, hope everybody out there had a Merry Christmas um, and uh, anticipating the new year coming. Um, I know we did here at the Stubbs house. The last time I talked to you, uh, the little man, Hudson, was only about four months old. Uh, it's hard to believe uh, this Saturday he will be nine months. Uh, he is on the move, climbing, grabbing at uh, pretty much anything he can. So we are uh, pretty busy chasing him around everywhere. But man, it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun seeing him grow and definitely loving on him every single day, every hour of every day. Um, been pretty busy uh, with my. Uh, regular job, so I uh, haven't been uh, on the podcast, been listening to a lot of different podcasts, but haven't uh, recorded any of my own. Uh, do like to take uh, time off from time to time. Uh, there was a time where I, I, I did basketball 24-7, uh, and to be honest with you, it uh, just kind of wore me out and uh, I, I really started to, to kind of lose the, the passion and love for basketball. So uh, I, I do think it is good to take time off. I know that people may think otherwise, uh, you know, with the team no days off, the grinding and, you know, all that good stuff that uh, I don't really believe in. Uh, it, it, like I said, it is good to take time off. Um, to be honest with you, I really don't like basketball from, you know, early August to uh, second, third week of December. Um, if you know me, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you know uh, I'm a big Pickering Central football guy. Uh, so pretty much from the beginning of August to, uh, well, this year uh, into early December, uh, it's Pick Central football for me. Uh, I don't uh, I don't hide that. I don't... Uh, uh, tend to act like I'm non-biased when it comes to the Tiger uh, football team. Uh, I really love uh, following those guys. I love what Jay Sherritt does uh, with the football program at Pickerington Central and just creating the the uh, culture of family and uh, the we over me. And It's just a very selfless program. You don't win two state championships in three years uh, at a public school like that and, and not have a – a winning culture and a culture of team over me, and they certainly do that. Uh, so congratulations again to Jay Sherritt and his Pickering Central Tigers capturing their second state championship uh, in three years. And uh, to be honest with you, uh, outside of, uh, you know, losing uh, Demetri Crenshaw, uh, all-state quarterback, all-everything, uh, just a flat-out winner, uh, recently signed with Youngstown State, uh, if you follow my Twitter account, uh, you could see that I said that that was an absolute heist. Um, and then uh, 
some of the other seniors, Ty Hamilton going to Ohio State, Don Marasco, uh, just a absolute animal for those guys, and then some of the other seniors. But this is a very uh, underclassman-led team as far as numbers goes. So uh, look out for the Tigers again in uh, 2020, and hopefully we can do it again. But uh, this is a basketball podcast, and like I said, um, you know, I just just kind of lose uh, interest, I guess, uh, for basketball from August to probably second or third week of December. Uh, I'm not into side court basketball. Uh, I'm not into fall leagues. I'm not into open gyms and showcases and things like that. To me, um, I guess I come with a little bit of a different perspective. Coaching so early, early on, um, got a varsity assistant job at 22. Uh, so coaching and then getting into this in uh, the 2007-2008 season. So been around it quite a while. Um, for me, th- those months from August to uh, late October and early November, I-, I feel like that's a time for uh, just players to get better, uh, whether you're playing in fall league, showcased, open gyms, uh, doing skill work, whatever may be the case. I just feel like that's a time where players uh, are just getting better, just getting in the gym, you know, working uh, on, on getting stronger, uh, whether you're in the weight room or plyometrics, whatever you're doing. Uh, you know, and, and I know that a lot of people, uh, basketball heads, scouts, um, which is an often overused term, um, just follow these guys 24-7, and uh, I just feel like there's a time to let off the gas on that. It's kind of like, um, you know, with this young with, with the youngster that I have here at home, um, you know, we see him every single day, so we don't see uh, maybe the growth um, that he makes uh, on a daily basis as opposed to somebody that, you know, maybe sees him once a month or, you know, once every six weeks. Uh, you can really see the strides he makes uh, as far as the different things he can do. And I feel like it's the same way with these basketball guys. When you're just evaluating, 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 evaluating to, to nauseam um, 24-7, 12 months a year, uh, it's really hard to you know kind of see the gains that they've made because you're just constantly watching them. And, and I know it's you know, you got to see them in all different types of settings. But uh, winners win. Uh, you know, uh, when I was doing this at 12 months a year, um, Aaron Kraft, Jared Solinger, those guys played in every single thing. Um, but there was a common theme there. They won, uh, whether it was side court basketball, open gym, showcase, real games. They won everything, everywhere. And they continued that on into Ohio State. Uh, winners win. Um, but you know, I just feel like you just need to separate for a while to see the actual growth that these guys are making. And just, like I said, I just feel like there's a lot of over-evaluation, overthinking, um, these players. And, uh, to be honest with you, the market, uh, is very saturated right now. And, uh, and this is not a knock on anybody. Uh, there's just a lot of uh, young guys out there, you know, they're eager to to want to uh, portray being a scout um, or an expert, if you will, on the game of basketball. And 
there's just so many people with the availability of social media. Everybody has an, um, a smartphone, uh, which is capable of recording video and, and you can get free blogs, uh, to, to share your opinions or share it on Twitter or Instagram. So there's just so many, there's so much information out there and these players, uh, you know, you can't blame them. I mean, it, 16 17 18 years old you know they're just looking for their names just constantly looking for their names because uh there's just so many guys getting exposure because he's got there's so many of these guys in the market right now that uh and personally i just i don't believe that that more is better i believe less is less is more i've always believed that but um that's neither here nor there uh it's a it's a tough business to to really crack into uh, if you're going to try to make uh, a livelihood out of it, uh, there's, you know, at any given event, there's four or five different cameramen. I mean, we're not even talking if you're following Sierra Canyon, there's 500 in a sea of cameramen uh, following that show around. But uh, as far as guys that just cover basketball on Twitter, uh, to be honest with you, it doesn't make you a scout. Uh, that makes you uh, available to a, a smartphone. That makes you available to a social media account, and anybody can uh, can name a company um, that <laughs> that says that they cover basketball or they're a basketball analyst or ex- expert or whatever. But you gotta be very careful with uh, with who who is saying what about you because, it, like I said, it is an oversaturated market out there right now, which is another reason just. Um, when I got into this uh, in 2007, 2008, there, there was very few guys involved in this. And uh, I've always tried to be in, innovative and, and creative. And I, and I thought I was that uh, when I started Ohio High School Hoops. And um, obviously, as the time went on, there was more and more people doing it. Um, and I just kind of got bored with it, the fact that uh, so many people were getting into it now. I mean, you can just... Any given night, uh, 14 guys are tweeting scores and stats from the same game. Uh, it's a bit much, but uh, again, not a knock on these guys. I, I know a lot of these guys love it, um, and they have a passion for it, which is great, but uh, I do think that social media has muddied the waters. So um, with this podcast, I kind of have tried to be a little bit creative and not just, I know when I first started it, we kind of just reviewed and recapped and talked about the games and stuff like that, which everybody's doing that. I, um, it's no secret. Also, I follow professional wrestling and I'm always listening to, uh, different podcasts that cover and follow wrestling because I do think wrestling, professional wrestling is always ahead of the game as far as creativity goes. Uh, and what they're doing, uh, people were podcasting wrestling far before they were podcasting sports and things like that. And uh, I was listening to a guy that uh, he has a, a, a podcast that covers wrestling, but he also works for, well, he it did work for, I believe he's going to give that up to focus strictly on wrestling again, but he was hosting a, uh, co-hosting a, a sports talk show in the morning on a, a big, big network. And he was saying that, you know, it's just, it's like the same thing over and over every single day with the, with sports media. It's just a watered down market. You, you know, you watch a game, you talk about it and, and 
it's just the same thing over and over again, and that's why he has such a love because he can be creative uh, with uh, with the wrestling recaps and things like that. And uh, so I do think that that's very true. Uh, so with this podcast, uh, this part of this this season, uh, you know, I, I, it's two different seasons. So I go from about December to the end of the state tournament, uh, and then I usually pick it back up uh, at the beginning of May and, and try to run it. And I'm going to try to run it through the end of July, early August, just like I did last year. Um, start back up work again there in uh, early August, so uh, things get a little bit busy and hectic. But this year, I just kind of want to bring a little bit of a different angle. Um, I, I want to answer a lot of questions on Twitter, maybe things that are just just topics that are on people's minds and uh, maybe talk about teams that uh, people want to want to know about and in some of the areas that are not giving a, as much coverage. Uh, so just different things like that. I just want to kind of do a weekly uh, Q&A on, on Twitter and then answer some of those questions on here and maybe talk about some of the top things and top events that are going on around the state. Um, I, I don't think this year I'm going to do the uh, preview and review stuff. Um, that stuff just gets monotonous to me. Uh, so from time to time, I, I want to bring on some guests that I think that you guys will like, uh, you know, kind of outside the box guest. So that's kind of the plan for this season of the Ohio High School Hoops Around the State podcast. Uh, we obviously love and, and appreciate everybody that listens and just hope to get some more followers this year to, to the show. So today uh, I'm going to take the time and I'm going to answer, we had about 10 to 15 questions on Twitter the other day, which was awesome. Uh, so I'm going to take the time to answer some of those questions the best that I can, uh, try to be uh, as neutral and uh, try to see both sides of the coin because a lot of these questions uh, uh, you could go either way on. So uh, without further ado, uh, let's get into the mailbag for the week. But uh, on the other side of the shot clock ordeal, you do have some really bad basketball in the last two minutes uh, of the game where teams are fouling and it's just back and forth, back and forth. It could last 30 minutes to 45 minutes. So I do think the shot clock would help in that scenario. Or um, we could call an intentional foul an intentional foul because isn't that really what you're doing at the end of the game? You're intentionally fouling. Um, but, man, we've all been there and seen – you know, most of these high school games where it's six or seven points in the last minute just turns into an absolute foul fest, and it's like the Elks foul shooting contest at the end. So just some really long last half of fourth quarters in high school basketball. So shot clock may improve that, uh, but also calling an intentional foul, intentional foul would as well. So um, hopefully, Chaz, uh, answered some of your questions. All right, welcome back. First question comes from my main man, Chaz Wolf at High Major Scoop. One of the great minds uh, in high school basketball. Also, we'll tell you about some of the great eateries around the country. Um, his first question, uh, talking about moving the state tournament 
back to St. John Arena in the future. I'm assuming he meant permanently. Um, it will be interesting uh, to see how this pans out. Um, next year they'll be doing the state tournament at St. John Arena. And I think the first year, I think you're going to get a lot of the old people back uh, just for that nostalgia reason. Um, you know, the last state tournament in St. John Arena was 97-98. So you'd have to be at least 21 years old to even be alive uh, the last time the state tournament was at St. John Arena. So nobody in high school right now was alive the last time it was there. Um, I do think we romanticize the past a little bit, uh, but I, I was at St. John Arena. Um, the, the atmosphere is unbelievable. Uh, it's a great venue for high school basketball, much, much better than the Schottenstein Center, which I believe was made um, for a concert atmosphere. But I think it will be interesting because, um, you know, you're under 30 crowd. Uh, I think, you know, they'll go uh, just because it's cool and it's, you know, people have talked about it. But, you know, I, I think the telltale sign is going to be the second year. If there is a second year, uh, what kind of crowd there is. Because the under 30 crowd, um, it's really hard to hold their attention span for a long time, especially over the course of three days, 12 games, um, you know, the, I call them the, the YouTube era. They, they, they want the highlights. They want the three-minute clips. They're good. Move on to something else. So, you know, they can watch the highlight clips from anywhere. They don't have to be um, secluded at the state tournament where that's the only place they can go. Uh, they can watch highlights pretty much anywhere on Twitter, social media, Instagram. So they can do 100 other things while just catching the highlights and, and that's kind of just how they watch sports in general uh for them not not everybody under 30 but you know for the most part that's that's what they like and, and that's fine it's a societal change so i think the telltale sign won't be the first year because i i, I know that guys that haven't crossed the bridge uh the tailgate in the saint john parking lot probably maybe one or two times they've been in the schottenstein center but go to the state tournament every year they just don't cross the bridge um, so I think a lot of those guys will be back, uh, but you are missing, uh, you're missing the holiday Inn, which was a big piece to the state tournament. You're also missing, uh, star power. Uh, you know, your LeBron James, your John Diebler's, uh, Luke Kennard, who never got there, but uh, would have, you know, maybe close to selling the shot and Steen out a couple years ago, back in 2015, if they would have made it. Um, you know, it, we got spoiled Mayo, Walker, uh, Daquan Cook, and the Dunbar Show. But now, um, you just, if you don't have that star power, you're not going to bring out the, the average fan. It's going to be hard to get the average fan to come out and go, oh, man, this is a really good team, or these guys are going to Kent State and Miami, Ohio. It, it just doesn't sell. Um so I think the telltale sign would be the second year, if there is one, on how well this is going to work. Um, Chaz was also talking about the shot clock. Uh, you know, the only place I've seen the shot clock in high school basketball is at big events. And at those big events, you're talking about top, top-notch teams uh, that have guys at the guard spot that can break the defense down late in the shot clock. Um so if you don't have a guy like that, it makes it very difficult 
uh, at the end of the shot clock, which is going to create a lot of bad basketball, um, you know, unless you move the ball like the Warriors, which, you know, I don't think too many high school teams can do that in a 35-second shot clock. But, you know, it's great uh, if you have a a uh, alpha male at, at, at guard that can get a shot anytime he wants it or get a shot for somebody else. Uh, but, you know, those those teams, the, the elite teams always have those guys. So if you're just talking about regular high school basketball teams, not everybody has a guy, guy like that. And um, I think, you know, that that's what makes high school basketball so great with coaches having such a big hand in the game, you know, whether the strategy is to milk the clock, if you will, or just get the ball moving until you get a really good shot. Because um, that, that, that's a, that's an art form as well, and it's a thing of beauty when it happens. We, we've all seen teams that are able to do that. Um, so I think that kind of levels the playing field because most high schools, uh, you and not all, uh, there, there are teams that get really good players year after year, and that's not just the parochial schools. Um, most high schools get to coach the kids that come through the door. Uh, so I think that our next question comes from a good buddy of mine, Coach Sean Witham, uh, who used to be on the Columbus South staff, still a diehard Bulldog. Um, Sean and I became pretty good friends. Uh, we were in a uh, small group together at uh, Grace Fellowship Church. Uh, great guy. Um, his questions were, uh, get rid of JV over time. Uh, man, if I had a dollar for every time I heard somebody uh, tweet about uh, just hoping that there was not going to be JV overtime, um, and I, I could probably retire by now, uh, you, you can kind of look at this a couple of different ways. Uh, no, I don't think too many people uh, love to see JV overtime, especially if you're only coming to see uh, the varsity play. But uh, a buddy of mine <laughs> used to say, uh, you know, I, th- I think they should probably go down and finish that in the uh, basement uh, while the varsity warms up. But uh, all jokes aside, uh, I do think it, it, it it's good to, to finish the game um, because no matter what, uh, there should be a winner and a loser. Uh, and it's teaching uh, those young guys how to uh, win down the stretch. Uh, so I think that's very beneficial for those young guys. Uh, that will one day uh, likely be your varsity guys. Um, his next question was about the transfer policy. Um, to be honest with you, uh, I mean, this is just a, a tired topic for me. Um, I was watching a game, a high school game in Ohio from the early 80s uh, a couple of months ago, and there, there were transfers in that game. Uh, so this, this has been gone on. This has been going on uh, longer than um, people would like to believe. Uh, it's just been magnified because of whether um, that was at the start of the internet when message boards and forms became big, um, and then on into social media, where all these transfers or move-ins or whatever you want to call them um, are all known now and everything is out there because of the internet and social media so it's just more well known now so it's just more uh, more people know about it 
because the world has shrunk. It's uh, people are more connected now. And then as far as the transfers go, um, the, the like I said, the world has shrunk. These kids um, all know each other through social media, travel basketball, uh, whatever may be the case. Uh, guys that are on recruiting visits, and um, you know, it's just it's a societal change. Uh, you know, I don't really want to get too too deep into this, but um, at the end of the day, like I said, transfers have been happening for a long, long time. It's just been magnified with the internet, message boards, forums, and social media. And, uh, you know, it kind of comes down to the E plus R equals O. Uh, You can only control your response. Uh, These things are going to continue to happen. Um, So, again, it's just, it's kind of a a, a tired topic. Uh, We've been debating and people have been arguing and complaining and all those things over this for as long as I can remember. So um, I don't see anything changing uh, competitive balance. You know, we'll see after five years or so uh, what the results are. I don't think you can judge it on a year or two. So we'll see uh, further down the road. But uh, again, it's just it's not a topic I want to dive too deep into. Um, Sean was also talking about coverage of the Columbus City League. Uh, you know, I, I think with the emergence of 270 hoops and and their staff uh, beginning to multiply, uh, they really do a good job of covering. I mean, every conference in the Columbus area, even a little bit outside of the Columbus area. So, I think they do a good job of cl- covering the Columbus City League. Uh, I think basketball uh, in the City League is getting better. I think uh, you've got some really good coaches in the league. Um, and I don't want to uh, leave anybody out, but you know, you got Spears at South, who I think is, and I've said this many times on Twitter, I think Spears has done as a good a job as anybody that I can remember in my 30 plus years of covering basketball, of, of reviving a program and, and building it up the right way. Um, you got <clears throat> Coach Bates over there at Afrocentric. Um, you've got. Uh, my man uh, Miranda at Eastmore, who I think does a great job. Um, so there's a lot of good uh, coaches in the city league, and like I said, you know I'm probably leaving some guys out, but uh, man, you know you look at you look at South, you look at Aversentric, you look at Walnut Ridge. Um, you know these programs are Eastmore, uh, really good programs. Uh, Briggs. Uh, is even on the come up, Lyndon McKinley. So, and I think with some of the city leagues getting new schools, I think that's helping as well. Uh, but I do think the basketball as a whole is getting better uh, in the city league. And I haven't even mentioned Northland and, and Beechcroft. You know, those two teams up in the north uh, have been dominant uh, over the last 10 to 15 years. So, I think the city league is going to continue to improve. Because uh, there was a little bit of a, a down spell. I mean, you had Northland uh, absolutely dominating the the city league there uh, for quite some time, uh, but I think it's become a lot more balanced. Uh, you had South last year uh, playing for a state championship, easily could have won that game uh, for the Division Two title. They're now up in Division One. So, uh, in, in Walnut Ridge. Uh, is, is also going to be a major player in Division One, an Afrocentric uh, major player. Uh, no matter what division 
<clears throat> they end up being, and whether three or four, they kind of bounce back and forth. So uh, hats off to the great coaching going on in the City League right now. Um, my man, Michael Roth, <laughs> kind of a, a new guy on the scene. He's burst onto the scene, if you will. Uh, he is, uh, I believe, in uh, journalism or communications down in at Ohio University. Uh, I know he's on uh, one of my favorite shows from my college years down there, Grit Iron Glory. But uh, Michael was a, a big basketball guy, and uh, he's doing some really cool stuff. He, he does uh, breakdowns of games where he cuts up some film. And uh, he, he's really a <laughs> kind of a deep thinker type guy that uh, really breaks down the small details of the game. Does a real nice job. Uh, he wanted to know some of the who I thought were some of the more pleasant surprises, surprise teams. Um, and it's early. Um, and, uh, you know, some of my sources, uh, trusted sources around the state, uh, have mentioned to me Kent Glen Oak, uh, who lost uh, their top two, I mean, prospect-wise, their top two guys um, prior went to St. Vincent St. Mary's, and Harris is now at Richmond Heights, and uh, Coach Hackenberg, who's one of the better X's and O's coaches in the States, doing a really good job there. They got a win over um, McKinley already early in the season, first in the Federal League right now, so I think that's a surprise. Uh, Kent McKinley, as I mentioned, they're kind of um, Jekyll and Hyde. They got two really nice wins over uh, Butler, PA, and uh, Uniontown Green, uh, but they've lost to Glen Oak, and they uh, kind of got ran pretty good by Ignatius. But uh, I think they're going to be a team come late February and March that uh, is going to be very, very good. In the uh, Columbus area, uh, Gahanna Lincoln in Division One. they have a really nice win over Pickerington North. Uh, they, they they struggled last year. They were young. Um, obviously, losing Corbin for the year hurt them last year. But uh, Sean Jones leading the way for those young Golden Lions. Uh, look out for Coach Stive's squad. Uh, Sean Jones, one of the most exciting players, not only in Columbus but in the entire state. Sophomore guard. Uh, Buckeye Valley has been a really nice surprise. Um the defending state champs in, in Division Three have been a, I don't want to say a surprise because they do have C.J. Anthony back who um, is, you know, probably one of your top guys for Division Three player of the preseason player of the year. But, you know, they did lose a lot off that state championship team, and I still think they're going to be a, a major force to, to be reckoned with come tournament time. Down in uh, southwest Ohio, you got Cincinnati Hughes. Interesting. Um, Last year, they had Paul McMillan the fourth, one of the top sophomores in the state of Ohio. He ends up transferring to Woodward. And then over the summer, uh, Hughes is supposed to, and he even played some, uh, I saw him play uh, summer league at Ohio State uh, with Hughes at Ravon Griffith. And he ended up at the last minute going to Taft. So interesting that Hughes has not only beat Woodward, but they've also beat Taft this year. Uh, so that just kind of goes to show you what kind of program Brian Wyatt's got down there. Hughes, really tough program. Uh, they'll be in Columbus uh, tomorrow against Woodward in the Pickerington Round Ball Classic. Um, Thurgood Marshall, uh, they've been kind of building this. Uh, played a lot of young guys a couple of years ago. Those guys are now juniors and sophomores. 
and they are going to be they have beaten aforementioned Hughes last week. They're going to be very, very good over the next couple years, and they're already off to a good start this season. Um, up in northwest Ohio, and I'm going to save the east and the southeast because there was a question about that, so I'll answer that when I talk about that. But in the southeast, uh, Mike Smith's Norwalk St. Paul team off to a 6-0 start. They got a win over Western Reserve. I thought that was a bit surprising. Doug Billman's squad, Antwerp. Uh, watch out for those guys. They're 6-0. and uh, Delphi St. John's and Versailles both undefeated in the MAC. Uh, Versailles probably uh, had the most back of anybody in the MAC. But uh, Aaron Elwert at Delphi St. John's does a great job year in and year out. Shelby uh, currently undefeated in the Mid-Ohio. Uh, Rossford, who will be down in uh, Grandview, I believe, at the Bobcat Classic. This weekend, uh, they're 6-0. Sylvania Southview uh, got an early season win over Northview. They're currently undefeated. They have a really nice uh, guy actually used to be former coach at Southview, was at Toledo St. John's last year, A.J. Jump, uh, who is going to really turn some heads this year and then moving forward into the future uh, for those guys. Um Columbus Grove and Buff Bluffton are both undefeated as well. Those were not surprises at all. They had a lot back. Uh, Wooster, Coach Snowbarger, <laughs> doing another nice job uh, with Wooster. They're seven and zero. Huron and Willard. Willard, not really surprising that uh, they're undefeated. Uh, they had a lot back. They should be very very good. Huron also undefeated. Sandusky, undefeated. Uh, Coach Eric Hoover's old Fort squad is at 6-0. Lima Sr. at 6-0. Q Simpson's team did not not real surprising. Uh, Expected big things from them. They're a Final Four contender. And then uh, Lima Shawnee and Ottawa Glendorf. Neither one, I mean, you know, Glendorf is historically good every single year. Uh, They did lose a couple of good pieces off that team last year, but um, they've reloaded. They're big. Um, they shoot the ball well, as usual. They're 7-0, Lima Shawnee, uh, another team that had quite a bit back from last year. Uh, they are 8-0 as well. They were in the regional last year. So that's out of Northwest Ohio, some of the teams that uh, have started off the year pretty hot. Um, Our next question comes from at DLBlock24, and he also uh, wants to see the shot clock, but also extend the game by a minute each quarter. Um, I could take it or leave it. Um, I'm good with eight-minute quarters in high school. I don't know. Extending each quarter by a minute uh, would do a whole lot. Uh, I'd be interested to hear uh, his thoughts on why uh, extending each quarter by a minute would improve the game. Um, Nakimba Mullins. Uh, he wanted to know uh, who are some of the top teams in the East and Southeast that don't get a lot of coverage from uh, the statewide point of view. Uh, I'm looking at uh, Chillicothe, uh, who I think has a really good team. Uh, they're in Division One, though. Zane Trace, Gary Kello, former coach at Chillicothe, former coach at Logan, I believe, as well. Uh, he's got a really good team at Zane Trace. I know they just lost to... Uh, unbeaten Unioto, 
Uh, but they're in Division Three, probably the favorite down that way. I think they're going to be really hard out in March. Fairfield Union, I think, is a bit of, of a surprise. Uh, they're undefeated. They lost their best kid to graduation. He's now at West Liberty. Um, Jackson is also a solid team. Sheridan uh, was in the Final Four in Division Two last year. Uh, they lost uh, their two best guys from last year, um, and they're off to a, a undefeated start. So they're a nice surprise. Eastern Brown, uh, Fairland, who always has a very good program, um, and they're young as well, so keep an eye on the Dragons. Unioto's undefeated. I think that's a surprise. Coach Hoops does a great job with the Shermans. Uh, Albany Alexander, the big fella. Uh, Terry, uh, they're undefeated as well. Glenwood, New Boston, really nice D4 program down that way. Chesapeake, a uh, team that lost two of their better kids. Uh, one football kid transferred to Huntington High over West Virginia. The other transferred to um, Huntington St. Joe's, but they're off to a really good start as well. Wheelersburg undefeated despite losing Tanner Holden to graduation, who uh, Tanner's having a really good start to his career at Rice State. Uh, the East District, uh, Carrollton, I think, is pretty good. Meadowbrook, uh, my man Ryan Clifford doing a great job in his second year at uh, St. Clairsville, taking over for his uh, father, Kim Clifford, who I played for. Um, and Ryan has done a really good job of um, carrying over that winning culture that his father uh, developed there at St. Clairsville. If you get a chance to see them play, they have one of the the tougher, grittier point guards in the state. Uh, it would be hard not to fall in love with this kid by the end of the game. Nate Harris uh, doing a really good job leading that team. Uh, only losses to the next team I want to mention here, Barnesville, who's led by Luke Powell, uh, who will be going to West Liberty. Uh, Luke is probably going to average over 30 a game this year. Buckeye Trail is always pretty good. Fort Fry, a really solid program. Uh, Nick Hart Jr. is off to a good start. Had a really good game over the weekend. Uh, beating Wheeling Central. Uh, Garraway is always solid as well. Harrison Central uh, had a tough game uh, this past weekend against Dublin Scioto, but you know, obviously stepping up a class. Uh, but Kobe Mitchell, one of the better players on that side of the state. He's a junior. If you haven't got a chance to see him, uh, you need to. Berlin Highland, who was in the D4 state final last year, uh, had a lot back from last year. Lost their opener to, Tusk, or, uh, to Toledo Christian, who I think – is very, very good as well. Uh, but Highland, and I, I heard that Highland is going to be back at the Canton region this year and not in Athens, which they've dominated the last couple years, but uh, they'd be back up there with the likes of Richmond Heights. Uh, Tusky Central does a really good job. Malvern, um, Bishop Rosecrans. Those are some of your uh, better teams in the southeast and east. Uh, so appreciate your question, uh, Nakimba Mullins. Um, at Babe Quaz, Coach Kwasniak at uh, Cleveland St. Joe's wants to know why his dad, uh, Ted, who is an absolute character, one of the great guys in high school basketball, uh, really loves the kids. Uh, that's what he's there for. Uh, why he is not in the Ohio High School Basketball Coaches Hall of Fame. He has seven titles, head coach and assistant coach. Um, babe, I I haven't. I looked at this one time, but the only thing that I could say maybe he doesn't didn't have um, enough years as a head coach because I know that there are 
uh, a minimum requirement of years coached in Ohio, I believe. Uh, don't quote me on that, but that would be the only reason I could think of because this guy is an absolute legend uh, in the state of Ohio. Uh, so, you know, I, I have to look a little bit further into that, but Coach, he's in my Hall of Fame if that, if that makes, <laughs> makes it any better. Um, and then uh, final question from Greg Sadler. Uh, how much has officials' pay increased over the last 10 years? Um, I'd have to ask my guy, um, Derek Gaudio, who, by the way, was on the um, Sierra Canyon, Akron, St. Vincent, St. Mary's game. Uh, Derek does a fantastic job, St. Clairsville graduate. Uh, I'd have to ask him or another uh, official of what that is. I don't know exactly how much the pay has increased over the last 10 years. And his last question was, how much does AAU really promote players? Well, I think uh, it depends on the level of program. Uh, if you're talking shoe-sponsored programs, Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, a lot. Um, and then there are some really solid programs that aren't shoe-sponsored uh, that really promote their guys, uh, that do a good job of marketing not only their their playing ability but also their grades their character uh so there's a, so, so there's some really really good like uh i'd say i call them 1a programs because they're not shoe sponsored but you know they, they they could be very easily uh they they can compete with those teams but uh you know there, there are a lot of programs out there that promote the kids to, to colleges um and do a really good job i mean shoe companies for sure uh, and then the, the 1A programs for sure. So, uh, the, again, it comes down to what level are you talking about? Are you talking about mom and pops uh, or are you talking about big boy AAU basketball? So, again, thank you everybody for the questions. Really appreciate um, the questions and able to kind of answer the way I you know, just some of my thoughts on it. Uh, again, I'm always open to uh, listen to other people's uh, viewpoints. Uh, I think I've that's one thing I've gotten better as I've gotten older. Uh, I don't have all the answers, that's for sure. Um, sometimes my opinions, I guess, can be way off. Uh, and I'm always uh, open and willing to listen to other sides of the coin. A couple of things before I go I want to talk about. Um, as far as uh, high school basketball in Ohio, we do have a lot of good coverage. And, and I have uh, the privilege of, of being friends with a lot of newspaper and print media guys, along with a lot of these new era guys, um, you know, like uh, Zach Fleer, Jason Morrow at 270 Hoops, who are really changing the game. Um, they, they have improved their content. They've improved uh, their overall layout. Uh, year after year and, and I think you know they're just getting started uh, Zach uh, I would say this appreciate uh, him while you while we have him here uh, in Columbus and I know he's always going to give back to Columbus no matter what he does that's where his heart is but he uh, he is probably destined to do uh, something pretty big he has an entrepreneur mindset he's always kind of ahead of the curve 
as and he and he's a grinder. Uh, you know, he's a hard, hard worker. And Jason's out there doing his thing with Slam as well as 270. And Zach has has developed a great staff where they're covering pretty much everything in Central Ohio. Um, you know, you got T.J. Petros up in Northeast Ohio, Chaz. Uh, Wolf in Northeast Ohio. You got Mike Roth doing some good stuff as well. Uh, you've got um, Anthony Garcia. I think he does a good job at Prep Hoops Ohio. You got Corey, my man Corey Albertson, uh, who's been on the podcast many times down in Cincinnati with Triple Double Prospects. You got uh, you know Zach and those guys have branched out with 275 hoops. And uh, you know, like I said, there's just a lot of guys covering high school basketball in Ohio that are doing. A very good job, so I want to make mention of, of some of those guys. Um, so, uh, without uh, any more on my plate here, I uh, hope to get to you at least once a week throughout the season. Um, do our Twitter mailbag and answer some questions and things like that. So, I uh, hope everybody has a, a good rest of their holiday weekend and a a great New Year's and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon.